not in Kansas anymore. You have my curiosity. Are you telling me you built a time machine? The force will be with you. And thank you very much for listening to the Get Real podcast. So. Hello and welcome to the Get Real Podcast, the podcast where we get real about all of our favourite <laughs> pop culture films and TV shows. I am Chris and with me is my somehow in reverse, somehow going forward co-host, Sam. How I, are you doing? That is an incredible intro. That was, I didn't know where we were going, but that was, an, that was incredible. Well done. But the podcast ends as it starts, my bruder. That's it. <laughs> I was also thinking, I was like, do I just get Sam to like take the entire intro and just put it in reverse instead <laughs> oh wow yeah then just literally have it go backwards what we should have yeah. done is actually just ran the whole thing backwards and then you actually have to download the episode and de- uh, it yourself uh, it's then- like listening to the Beatles in reverse and hearing that um, <laughs> John Lennon kill Paul yeah <laughs> <laughs> or on a, or we could do that thing where we could uh, we could record the podcast and export it at half speed, and then people have to double speed it when they listen to it back. <laughs> I know that that's not inversion. However, I'm good, thank you, mate. And speaking of inversion, we went and saw Tenet. And Whoa! Wow, I'm still not okay with it. And how many days ago did we see it? Uh, I, I don't know. It feels like it's been. It feels like it's been minus five days since I went and seen it. It's just, <laughs> I've, I've honestly, it's so weird. Like I've not thought about it since I've watched it because. Oh no, I've thought about it too much. <laughs> I've just had a. I, every time I go to think about, oh, we'll talk about it in a bit anyway. We'll get on to ten. Yeah, um, there we've is. Got, we've got some things to cover first. Obviously, we we took a week out. Uh, yep. Life was way too hectic, and we were waiting for Tenet to come out, and then we were trying to schedule to see Tenet. I had a birthday in the meantime. We had some, we had some drinks. We, the shit's been, life's been happening. We did see <laughs> each other. We just didn't didn't record a podcast, did we? We just uh, no. recorded a bit of a hangover for the next day. And <laughs> played some that of us definitely had a hangover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, there is quite a bit in terms of news and other other stories from the last week or so that we need to cover. Um, one of the really, really big stories that really kind of came out of left field for, for everybody was the passing of Chadwick Boseman at 43 years old from colon cancer. That is too young, man. Man, it's just... Like this was one of those things that I saw on. I got it. I get it on Twitter news. Um, yeah. It came up on my phone when I woke up in the morning, and I honestly had to take a second. And a lot of people have been saying the same thing. It's like I thought that I was. I thought there was some fake news. I thought I was like yeah. being trolled or something. And once I'd then gone and searched it on something, you know, something a bit more legitimate, I was like, oh my god, it's 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 happened. Yeah, so this news broke. Like, well, I found out about this during the said hangover a minute ago. So, like, I wake up in the morning. Like, my girlfriend's at the end of the bed. She's like, Chad- Chadwick Boseman's dead? As I'm pulling out my phone and seeing that you've already made, like, a post about it and, like, put it in the group chat and stuff like that, I'm like, what? What? And then she just starts telling me about it. And genuinely, I'm just lay there in bed, just gobsmacked, like... It, it's one of the few celebrity deaths that have really affected me. There was David Bowie, there was... Um, I've forgotten his fucking name now, his mind's just left me. Fucking Snape. What's his name? Oh, um, Alan Rickman. <laughs> Alan Rickman. Jesus Christ. I couldn't think of his name then. 
there was David Bowie and then there was Alan Rickman and then this has come along and genuinely left me speechless. Yeah, really shocking. And I think what makes it all the more shocking is when you, you know, for the reasons that he, he passed from stage four and whilst he was filming Avengers and Black Panther, he was going through stage three. It's like, what? Like, I think I... I haven't had the chance yet, but I really want to go rewatch Black Panther and rewatch Avengers again, just to kind of. I know of... a few people who have done like they've gone back and rewatched it, and they're just like it's hitting them real heavy. Yeah, especially like the late the last film that I saw with him in was The Five Bloods, which we covered mm. re- like a couple of episodes ago as well. But just wow, like I... that's literally the first thing that went through my head was as well like the last thing that came out with him in was The Five Bloods. And that film ends with his character being brought back in a casket, and I was, I was like, that was the last thing that I saw of him on screen, and I was getting choked up. I was like, that's too heavy, man. Yeah, it's real heavy, and it's it's so sad because really, I've I've not seen a lot of his other works. the The first thing I saw Chadwick Boseman in was in um, Civil War, and I haven't yeah. seen any of the other films, but I recognise his character in the films. I, you know, if you if you if you show me a photo of his him in his other roles, I'd be able to tell you what the film is, but I've never took the time yeah. to go and watch it. And I think just it, it really, it really shocks. It's just... It's, it's a shame as well because he's he was really just starting his career. Yeah. Like looking through, definitely. he did TV appearances and stuff like that, and he was on shows for like 10 episodes or stuff like that. Like like minor roles and stuff like that but it wasn't until 42 and draft day that he really broke into hollywood yeah and that's be- a shame that was only in 2013 mm. yeah it's really sad because obviously you know he'd he'd come into this role in black panther which has just absolutely rocketed his career mm-hmm. as as being in any marvel film would do but then to then go and you know, star in a Spike Lee joint. It's like it was just going up and up from there, and it's it just really was. And it's just so it, sad. He's, at this point, he's like portrayed so many like iconic characters and stuff like that. Like, so he was in Forty Two, where he played Jackie Robinson, one of the most famous baseball players of all time. Yeah. First thing I saw him in was the film after that Draft Day. Um, that's a uh, American football film starring Kevin Costner. He played one of the football players in that. And then, like like you said, like he was cast as Black Panther. And he became such a part of the zeitgeist that he, like you just feel like you've been watching him for years. Like he, yeah. he felt like such a seasoned actor at that point. Like he was a phenomenal actor, and he was only like we're saying starting his career. Mm. And like Black Panther meant so much to so many people as well. Yeah, like, it can't be understated how much he has provided in the last seven years alone. No, definitely. And I think Black Panther's really turned into like such an icon. And mm-hmm. it, it's way, 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 way too early to start talking about anything like what's going to happen with Black Panther, with the Marvel films. But I think, I don't think anything is, to be quite honest with you. I'd be no. very, very surprised if they did anything like that. I just think, and you know, a lot of uh, all the posts I've seen on like my Instagram was absolutely flooded with Chadwick yeah. Boseman tributes, which was really, really heartwarming. It still is. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's a week later and it still is. Yeah, I mean, I'm seeing things like the cast of Black Panther went to a uh, private memorial today to to mourn. Mm -hmm. Um, They've 
released over 200 Black Panther comic books online for free, I think, as well, in, you know, to, to pay respects. Yeah. And it's it's nuts. It's just, I know, obviously, like, this year's been shit already. And then you've also had the, you know, the the tragic yet moving movement of the Black Lives Matter movement earlier yeah. this year uh, you know for, it came from tragic circumstances but it was a it was a good movement that yeah that you know was was putting it in the spotlight and addressing the issues but then and chadwick was one of the names that we highlighted in that episode as well like like we said like he was just he became the peak you know, like the pinnacle yeah for like exactly. how black actors wanted to be defined as actors and we've got to remember that there's not a lot of people out there who are as heavy movie buffs as like me you and a lot of other people like mm-hmm. there are people who will casually really casually be into movies probably not listeners listeners of this podcast i imagine but who will only really have known of someone like black panther or known the character of black panther from the films and that yeah. might be the only film that some people may have seen that kind of addresses not addresses because i guess black panther doesn't really address it's a celebration isn't it it's, it's yeah. a celebration of an all you know a, a cast that that's that's of a you know an, eth- an ethnic minority i suppose isn't it it's um not yeah. you know it, it's yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard, man. It's it's I, so. I think the saddest thing as well is that it's come out since that he didn't tell anybody. He didn't tell any of the producers. Like he wanted it to be private and everything like that. And he was so determined. He he genuinely believed that he was going to beat it. That's why he just carried on acting. That's why he carried on doing everything. And like, it, it's hard to think that maybe he might have put off treatment to keep acting and stuff like that because we saw those images. I think just before lockdown happened where he was looking a bit more ill and stuff like that. And it was rumored that it was for a role and stuff. We're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, but secretly he was battling this and like the amount of strength that he had to keep it to himself. Yeah. Especially when you've got, you know, with the Marvel rate routine and stuff where if you star in a Marvel film, you've got to go on a strict diet. You've got to build up, you know, for the suits mm-hmm. and, there is a physique that you get as part of a Marvel, you know, acting as yeah. a Marvel character. And the fact that he maintained that during stage three um, bowel cancer is absolutely ridiculous. I think, I think it, it, he's like a black, he was a black belt in um, martial arts and stuff. So half of that fight in choreography, most of it he was doing it himself as well. Yeah. But then, like, all while battling this, it's, it's mind blowing his dedication. Yeah. And I bet the people that kind of that slated the obviously the the weight loss and stuff like that, because he did get flack for that uh, on, yeah. online. And I thought once I saw the Five Bloods coming out, I thought it was because of his, I thought he was losing the weight from the Five Bloods because he did shed a lot of his weight for that, like, for that film. You can yeah. see he's quite different yeah. in it. But it's like it it's it really does make you think like things aren't always what you think they are, and as as you know people in this day and age, people are quick to judge, yeah. and it just on top of everything that you know this stands for and the 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 movement was, and just obviously you know things aren't you know you you shouldn't be so quick to judge people, and I think that's kind of what I've learned from you know from his passing and and i didn't i i only knew lightly about 
um, the the flack that he was getting because of the weight loss. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I really do do hope that it kind of resonates that poison culture away that you have where people will just judge by what they see and also they are so quick to be vocal. It literally, like like you're saying, it became almost like a meme at his expense. But it just goes to show that you don't know the battles that people are fighting. No, that's exactly right. You you don't know what's happening in any of these people's private lives just because they're in films and they open themselves up to like the press and stuff like that when they have to for promotion. It doesn't mean you have a right or an entitlement into somebody's life. They still deserve a private life and they still deserve the same respect that you would give anybody else. Mm-hmm. Just because they're in the public eye does not mean they belong to you, does not mean you can say and treat them however you want. You don't know them at the end of the day. They are their own people fighting their own battles. No. In a nutshell, just be kind to one another. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's it's so important. And also, don't chat shit on the internet about things you don't know about. <laughs> exactly. You know? And just go out and support the people that you love their creations of. Support artists, support actors, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Right. Um, Woo! Lighter note now. Lighter note. We did need to talk <laughs> oh, about I that. that. I don't think we've really actually spoke about it properly, because I think no. the last time I saw you, we, we had a D&D night, but yeah. I think the time before you, I saw you, that that hadn't it, happened. So that was kind it, of... Well, it was the same day, so it hadn't been released in the news yet. Ah, uh, yeah, it was the same day that we'd seen each other. And then last time we didn't speak about it. So that was kind of our first time really speaking about it, I guess. Yeah. So, um, right, so there are a couple of bits of other bobs to chat about before we get on to Tenet. Um, there's been yeah. a couple of other releases this week to talk about. So we've had The Boy Season 2 has debuted... Um, yeah. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, because I have started watching it, I think three episodes have dropped when it's yeah, come out. Yeah, and then they're releasing the rest weekly, aren't they? Yeah, I finished episode one of season two. Uh, I'm about to start episode two, and all I can say so far is it's exactly what you expect it to be, and it's all the best part of the boys' season one. It's, it's Isn't it getting better reviews than season one as well? Oh man, yeah. I, I'm not too sure. I mean, it's only rated. I think I've seen that it's getting better reviews season two. Yeah, I mean, it's rated three and a half stars out of five on Amazon, which I was quite surprised at. But it's not. It the boys is definitely not everyone's cup of tea. It's definitely a very tastefully dark superhero <laughs> film. Yeah. And I say crudely dark, and it yeah, it's fucking funny. I say superhero <laughs> film very lightly because it is definitely not really a superhero film. It's a bit like a, it's a bit like a heist film almost, like you know, a heist series. If you get what I mean, it's like the because uh, anyway, I'm not going into it, but it's yeah, a bit, yeah, <laughs> it's a bit like a heist. So it, it's good. Yeah. I really like the characters. Carl Urban's wicked. And it's a real good time. And if you've not watched season one, go check out The Boys season one and then go back and watch season two because we will definitely be doing an episode on it, 100%. Oh, definitely. Once we... Maybe next week we could cover a couple episodes, the first three episodes maybe. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't mind doing that. I wouldn't mind doing like yeah. a, a mid-season cover-off of uh, season, like episodes one to however many episodes yeah. season two has however many episodes are out maybe by the time we do the episode and then we'll give our thoughts at the end of the season as well probably yeah i mean it doesn't it doesn't say how many episodes it's getting 
Um, I think it's the same amount as season one, which was ten episodes, wasn't it? Yeah, it's um, yeah. So hopefully, if it's ten episodes, maybe we do an episode from like one to five or something. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, sound. Uh, we'll do that. There are some. You heard it here, guys. You heard it here first. There are some Hold brilliant reviews for people getting really butthurt about uh <laughs> about it, though. <laughs> It's um, people are like, I'm cancelling my Amazon Prime until the full season is out. <laughs> oh, piss off! It's like, come on, please. <clears throat> it's so that people like keep going back and watching it. I get that, but also they're just doing it this way to to like keep the attention to it, aren't they? Because Netflix is putting out so much good stuff at the moment. Um, there's loads of films just dropped on Netflix and they've got more stuff coming out in the next week as well. So I mean, the other thing is, is like I feel like sometimes if you binge watch something, you don't really take it in. Yeah. That's the thing. It'll keep your excitement for longer and you'll probably enjoy it more because often when you binge something, you become desensitized to it a bit, don't you? It's like, remember when we used to watch The Walking Dead when it was good? Yeah. And we... <laughs> um, <laughs> We'd talk about it like every week and we'd be like, oh, I can't wait for next oh, week. What's going to yeah. happen? And I, I like that. And I kind of, I've, I've finished Money Heist now. I'm up to date with Money Heist and I'm waiting for the next season to come out. And I kind of wish I had that with Money Heist because at the end of every episode, it was like a big old, big old cliffhanger. And yeah. it'll leave you on like, oh, but then you're like, oh yeah, I'll just watch the next episode. But imagine if I had to like wait for a for like a week to to find out what happens. It's like that'd be really. Yeah, it cool. makes it more of an event, doesn't it? Like, yeah, I feel. I think you definitely enjoy it more. Like, I am starting to binge things less than I used to. Yeah, it's a bit of an unpopular opinion, I'd say that. <laughs> but that's our two cents. Don't give um, us hate. Be kind to each <laughs> nah, other. Yeah. <laughs> Try and enjoy art, like art and media, how it's meant to be consumed. Yeah, exactly. But like yeah. sometimes, like Stranger Things, they dump it all out at once because that's how they want you to watch it. They want you to binge it all in one go and then talk about it for the next two months online. But this, they want you to be drip fed to the information. Yeah, that's it. So yeah, the boys season two's out. Go check it out. Um, the new mutants came out, and. <laughs> Did it? Did it finally come out? How many uh, years late? <laughs> it's exactly what you thought it'd be. <laughs> oh, I was. Oh, I God. wanted it to be good. I haven't watched it yet, but the reviews are not good. <laughs> I think after seeing the reviews for the New Mutants, I think I'm going to find a totally legitimate way of watching it. He's <laughs> <laughs> going to take a trip to his very local cinema. Maybe the TV downstairs. <laughs> maybe. We'll they, see. they really, they at this point, they should just drop it onto Disney Plus or something as well. Yeah, they definitely couldn't have been expecting this to. No, have a limited on. release and then just drop it on some streaming platform. You know, when it launched at the box office, it plunged seventy four percent. Heavy. The ratings plunged. Heavy. So uh, stay tuned for our review on that. Yeah, we are going to watch. So sure that's going to be a huge. I- I'm sure we'll definitely watch it. I was so excited for it. I know you were really, really like you. You had skin in the game on this film. You were like, yeah, so I, I have it. this run of comic books. It's like one of like my favorite like designed graphic. Like it's such a cool concept, and all the characters are interesting and everything like that. Like. The first bit of concept art that came out for this film was them all flying around, fighting the giant demon bear, and that is 
It was a recreation of the comic book poster, which I have in a box right next to me right now. My girlfriend bought it me for my birthday last year. I love that comic book to no end. So I was like, yeah, cool. We're finally getting it. First trailer comes out. Yeah, cool. And then it two years later, uh, 20%, I think it's at the moment. Oh, Ooh, that hurts. Oh, yes. Um, I've seen people, like, it's kind of a bit lukewarm, to be fair. I think people have... There's some people who have said it's much better than Dark Phoenix and Apocalypse. Like, <laughs> people, it's not too hard. Though. I know it's not too hard, but I get people saying, "But it's still not. It's not good. It's better than Dark Phoenix, but it's not great." Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of people saying the premise is really interesting, but it falls a bit short. Yeah, you know what? If it had this many problems from the get go, it was just it was just doomed to fail. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of the whole Justice League problem again, I think, with this Speaking film. Speaking of um, Dark Phoenix as well, like I'm a massive X-Men fan. I love the X-Men like comic books and all the movies. I still haven't watched Dark Phoenix. I know it's that shit. I haven't bothered to watch it. Yeah, and there's no. I don't think there's any way that I can watch it without having to buy the Blu-ray, so I'm just not going to do that. Uh, I do believe <laughs> not... it's, uh, there's something... I Give me a second. <laughs> Keep fill, he's doing the, the research fill the gap. he's fill doing the, the research the matrix is streaming in his eyes as he's logging in he's hacking the pentagon's mainframe he's trying to find it he's using nordvpn not a sponsor <laughs> to hack in to find out where this is coming to streaming it's probably you could probably pay like four quid for it on amazon prime probably you know what um, I, th- I think it's coming to either amazon prime or it's coming to netflix it's coming to something. I'm sure I've seen it somewhere. The X-Men films used to be on Netflix, but obviously they all got taken off and they moved to Disney+. Plus. Yeah. So that's where all the other X-Men films are now. I saw a, I, I saw something. I saw one of these coming things, everything coming to Netflix, or everything coming to Amazon Prime, and da 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 Oh, yeah, one of those articles. Yeah, and I'm sure this was in there, but I just don't know when or which It might depend it on the country as well. Yeah, well, that's why you need a VPN. <laughs> Never have I considered a VPN more than right now. To watch yeah, literally, Star like Phoenix. there's so many shows that I want to watch as well, and I'm just like, mm, give me yeah. <laughs> so the new mutants. It's a thing. Probably don't spend money on it, but maybe check it out if you're curious. And we'll I mean, definitely check it out, and at some point do a, an episode on it. I guess. Yeah, definitely, or at least a 20 minute review alongside something else this is a, an interesting one line review from common sense media if 21st okay. if 20th century fox's x-men dark phoenix was a shrug this abandoned spin-off is a whimper oh. <laughs> ouch wow that is that is diabolical pretty good words though in the words of um Carl Urban, it's fucking diabolical. Fucking diabolical. <laughs> right. Uh, what's the next story? I've got one. Okay. If you want me to dive into that. Yeah, shoot. Mission Impossible 7 has started production. Very good. We're, we're, we're on it. We're on it. Chris McCrory announced it on his Twitter. It's him stood on like the edge of a valley with like a massive like ramp built off the side. And like he looks like a dot on it. And this is clearly going to be some sort of like mad stunt. We've also got articles that... Tom Cruise has been seen on the set, uh, like all masked up, COVID safe, um, doing stunt rehearsals for like dangerous. Oh, dangerous stunt on top of a train. 
on top he's of doing a train. his own stunts on top of a train. I mean, he's I, been out the side. Fallout was incredible. Before. I am so hyped for this film. <laughs> is this the one where he's going to do a stunt in space? No, that's a different film. Oh, okay. I thought he wanted to the next Mission Impossible. I thought he wanted to do a stunt in space. No, he's doing a completely different film that's meant to be all in uh, zero gravity. Ah, uh, okay. Fair enough. But real zero gravity, not not like on wires in front of a green screen. Very good. Oh, it's like if so, you, um, it's like those like those planes where they go up just just into the, the vomit comet. Yeah, the vomit comets. They uh, they give you that whole zero g feeling. Don't well, they? the way they do that, the way it's called the vomit comet is because they're not e- like exiting the atmosphere. They're going to like the same height as like commercial airliners, but they plummet so fast that you become weightless inside of it because of the pressurization of it that's why people often vomit because it's it's literally going up and down like a roller coaster science bitch <laughs> <laughs> i've looked into this because i really want to go on one <laughs> but i know for a fact i'll be the vomit i'll, I'll be the vomit in the vomit co- uh, comment i'll be the vomit in the vomit comment in the comment vomit the yep. cobra kai came out on netflix they did. I've not watched also, it Also, there's a Cobra Kai game coming out on the Switch. Also, I got a Switch for my birthday. If we, if you want to hear us talk about games, let us know. We'll do a separate game review podcast. I'm so but, jealous. Holy shit, the Switch is honestly one of the best. Like, oh, It's the most fun I've had gaming in a long time. What games did you get for it? Um, I bought Pokemon Sword because I'm a massive Pokemon fan. And I got Mario Kart because I wanted a multiplayer game to play with the missus. Nice. And they are incredible. You need to get Breath of the Wild. Ah. Uh, uh, I'm waiting. Uh, also, okay, uh, well, let's just talk a quick bit about gaming. We like to do it every now and again. Have you seen the announcement for the 35th anniversary of Mario? They were re-releasing Mario 64, Sunshine, and Galaxy on the Switch. I did see this. I've good. pre-ordered my physical copy because they're doing a limited physical copy run. That shit's going to sell like mad in a couple of years. Physical but also, copies. I'm going to play it. Is that a thing? Physical copies? Yeah. Yeah, you can still buy games in game stores. Did you know that? Oh, man. <laughs> What's keeping them going? <laughs> All the fucking... Pre-owned sales, that's what it is. All the fucking monster you can buy at the end of the till before you... <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're just surviving off Funko Pops and used consoles. Yeah, monster and boost bars. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, oh, man, Switch is so good. I can't wait to get you around and get on the Switch. Oh, man, I can't good wait. Man. It's something that I keep toying with the idea of in my head. I have this list of things that I'm like, would like to buy, but can't justify buying yet. And I'm and that the that was my thing. There. Like, I, I didn't want to feel guilty for spending money on a Switch. Yeah. And then girlfriend comes in clutch on my birthday. It's September. Christmas isn't that far away. So Exactly. You know, I'll, I'll drop a few hints myself. See if <laughs> do it. I've been dropping hints for like two years because I have wanted a Switch for so long. Like I, w- I loved Nintendo games growing up. This was the first time I didn't have a Pokemon game on release day. Oh man! So I'm finally on it, and I'm smashing it. I'm so, oh, I love it. Well, so I heard good. I heard that Pokemon game was a little bit hit and miss. To be fair, uh, people were just pissy about the fact that not every Pokemon's in it, but they're adding expansion packs, which are adding the rest of the Pokemon in. So you have to pay. To you have to pay for these pre- expansion packs. Uh, yeah, well, you pay for both the expansion packs in one go. It's like mm. 25 quid, I think, in the UK. Interesting. You get two massive expansion packs, which the next one's adding like a full new region. The last one added uh, an island. This one's adding like a full new region. Speaking of expansion packs, and while we're talking about yeah. gaming, uh, Xbox Game Pass, did you see that Destiny 2 is coming to it alongside its uh, 
every DLC apart from the most recent one that's coming out. Oh, okay. So it was already free to play anyway. Yeah. Um, now, but you only got the core game. So it's interesting that they're releasing all the expansion passes because we haven't played since the first expansion for Destiny 2, have we? So I think there's three more. I think they released four and now the fifth one's coming out. Yeah, so I think Beyond Light is the latest one. Um, and well, they're re-releasing it, the whole game with all the expansions with like a, a like a statue and everything. Like they're going full on with this new release. Can we still remember this is a this is a bloody 2017 <laughs> game? This game. Is I thought like, you were about to say, can we remember that this is a film and TV podcast? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that as well. But this is our podcast, guys. We do what we want. But I mean, really, this game now is pretty old. It's like yeah, ha- yeah. I don't know. But anyway. Uh, yeah, and they've announced the re-releasing it on next gen as well. Yeah, I mean, why not just move over to <laughs> Destiny Free? But I did enjoy Destiny. You know, it's just one of those yeah. games where it became a little bit old. But here we are. Uh, maybe when it hits Game Pass, maybe we could jump back on it. Maybe Shadow. I mean, Keep. I've still got my physical copy of it. But if I get the DLCs for it, then yeah, definitely. Uh, nope, my physical copy went. So, <laughs> oops. I've still Whoops. got a physical um, copy of GTA Five though. Uh, everyone does because <laughs> trying to download that entire game is too big. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Right. Should we talk about films and TV, Sam? Shall we remember that this is a film and TV podcast? Um, did you have any more news of, or, or do you want to just talk about the one trailer? Uh, Mulan came out. Mulan came out. It's yeah. um, It got good critical scores and then apparently the audience scores are tanking. That's yeah. a 55% on Rotten Tomatoes for the audience scores. I've heard that I think a lot of maybe the the poor scoring and stuff is due to the surcharge that you've got to pay to watch it. Yeah, a lot of the reviews are just like, I can't believe I paid $30 to watch this. Yeah, and the other thing as well is that the price in the UK, I think we reported it at £28, £29. It did come down to £20, I believe, in the UK. Yeah, which you would pay for two cinema tickets, so... If you and your girlfriend or you and one other person watch it, then you, you're getting your money's worth. But in like the US paying $30, maybe it's not worth it if you sat by yourself and watching it. I mean, you know what I mean? the other thing as I well, think- maybe, is like if you're watching this to review it, then you probably are going to feel a little bit of the sting of paying $30 or £20 or whatever to watch it by yourself. You wouldn't even yeah. pay that for the Blu-ray release. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's because you're getting it in the like we said they're trying to recoup money from cinema losses. The other thing is, is it's going to come to Disney Plus for free in December. So yeah. whether you know whether you want to wait till whether we want to wait until December to review it, I reckon a lot of podcasts and stuff are only going to maybe talk about it then. Maybe um, if it gets a small cinema release in the UK, then I'll probably try and see it. Then if not, I'll probably wait for it to be free. So yeah, we'll do a really delayed Mulan episode. You've got you've got a potentially really delayed New Mutants episode. You've got a delayed Mulan episode. Uh, Indeed, what it is. <laughs> and you'll maybe even get in a further delayed Batman episode because the production has halted on the Batman because Robert. That's Patterson the other news that we had. <laughs> has contracted coronavirus. So this was a bit of a weird story as it came out. It was um, filming as. Uh, stopped on Batman because a 
crew member has tested positive for COVID-19. And then literally about six hours later, it was like, yeah, Robert Patterson has tested for positive for COVID-19. And it's like, <laughs> whoa, man. I love all the memes that came out, though. It was it was good for memes. I used the bat to destroy the bat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Thanos. Yeah. Oh god. Uh, we shouldn't joke. We just talked earlier about not joking about people being ill and stuff. No, like I know, I know. It, 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 I mean, he's in amazing shape at the moment for the Batman. So hopefully, he's fit enough to fight it off. Yeah, fingers crossed. And kind of crazy, like we've just seen him in Tenet, obviously, and yeah, hopefully he's okay. I mean, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd maybe hope we would maybe have a bit of an idea of if he was doing badly or well. I don't know. You know, with no. with with him filming the Batman, I feel like that would probably be out there. Yeah. Just because of the spotlight that's on that film at the moment. Not just him, yeah, but that definitely. film. There is a lot of a lot of hype for that film. Um also that that film is fil- uh, that film was shooting like twenty meters away. Uh, twenty uh, twenty meters, twenty minutes away from our house. Yeah, in Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But um, they have... I want to go crash the set. Yeah, one of the uh, heads has provided an update on the situation, stating that they hope the movie will return filming again, quote-unquote, very soon. Excellent. That is as optimistic as I'm going to get. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully if they manage to do checks on everybody else and everybody else is clear, they could maybe start... Like, uh, not principal photography, but you know, like, like the B team and like the other side characters and stuff like that. Yeah, I think they're just, and, and then think, resume filming with our pats later. Yeah, they're probably just having to do a bit of investigation, find out where he's contracted it from. Mm-hmm. They have to probably just Testing do a bit the, of, everyone that he came in contact with. Yeah, they probably just have to do a bit of track and trace and stuff like that, um, and find out, and then they could, like you said, they could just resume back to filming. Yeah, um, but trailers. get well soon. Get well soon, our bats. We we get real. Wish Rob you, bat and bat. Wish you all the best, and uh, hope you're fighting as Batman very soon. Hopefully, uh, is there God anything God else? There's some. Oh, uh, before you move on to trailer, trailer, just a single trailer. Um, there's some new images from Dune as well. Oh yeah, Dune, 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 Dune. Dune. Trailer comes out in three days. I'm excited for the trailer. Yeah, some would it, say it looks it came the trailer is coming out three months after June. <laughs> uh, <laughs> trailer for Dune did not come out in June. De June. De June June. When's this film releasing? Is it next June? Did you just say when's the trailer releasing? <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying anymore. No, the the trailer is right round the corner. Uh, the film, I have no idea. I think it's round a few more corners. <laughs> Hopefully, it's next June. But yeah, uh, by the very very least, that would just be the best marketing if it was. Anyway, these photos look pretty cool. It looks pretty sick. Yeah, definitely. And We're I- seeing a lot more of the cast actually interacting with each other instead of like just people walking in deserts. <laughs> yeah, you've got a load of troops gathering in a photo. It says Harkonnen troops gather below. Colon, there will be blood. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, we had um, Timothy Charlemagne and Rebecca Hall's characters meeting up with Javier Bardem and Zandaya. I'm I'm wondering if they're related or whether it's just whatever alien race they are because they've both got purple eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't read Dune or Dune, and I watched the film when I was like 
10 years old, I was bored shitless. I'm going to be completely honest and give you a hot take. I have no idea what Dune's about, <laughs> but it looks cool. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> it does look cool. Like, like the, the whole art style of it looks fucking sick. There's a giant sandworm, and that's good enough for me. <laughs> Anything else? Uh, no. The rest of the, the nope. other thing I was going to talk about is about Tenet, so we'll wait till we get onto Tenet. Yeah. Okay. We'll talk about the one trailer then. Um, uh, Robert De Niro, Zach Braff, and trailer uh, trash. Yeehaw. <laughs> <You've>... <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just. Uh, it is what it is now. It's a trailer. <laughs> People heard it in the head when we said trailer trash. Yeah. Um. Robert De Niro, Zach Braff, and Morgan Freeman are in a comedy, like, scam artist heist type thing. Um, and Tommy Lee Jones called The Comeback. So basically it's two film producers who are shit out of money. They owe money to a very dangerous man played by Morgan Freeman. It is really funny to see everybody's granddad, Morgan Freeman. Um, My granddad, your granddad. <laughs> it's, like, it's like Morgan Freeman and... Michael Caine are just like everybody's granddads at this point. <laughs> I like your I like your little tie in there. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, like they do feel like everybody's granddads at this point, and then Morgan Freeman is just threatening to kill Robert De Niro. <laughs> Robert like, De Niro, yeah, Robert De Niro and Morgan Freeman both look really good in this. This looks Robert hilarious. De Niro in this looks like my actual granddad did in the seventies with his mustache and everything. Yeah. <laughs> It looks really, like, looks really funny. Looks really good. I'm looking at a photo of him, and if I hide the hair, he genuinely looks like my granddad. Is your granddad <laughs> in an upcoming film? My granddad might be Robert De Niro. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> no, my granddad might be Robert De Niro. I'm, I'm starting to realise it might be Robert De Niro. <laughs> someone someone fact-check this. Someone get He on. also pulls the same faces. You know the face that he pulls like when he's like pissed off, but he's thinking about something? My granddad pulls the exact same face. Well, wow, with like the bottom lip where <laughs> oh. it like... Goes like oh. an, an N shape, yeah. <laughs> Proper cartoon frown. Yeah, an upside. It's um, like the it's like the sad emoji that you can get on an iPhone, literally. but like um, a bit more of an angry eyebrow kind of look with it. Definitely. What did you think of this trailer? It looks really funny. You got Tommy Lee Jones as like this indestructible suicidal <laughs> fucking cowboy. It looks funny. Yeah, it looks really fun. Uh, I'd, yeah. Yeah. I I feel like it's one of them where what you see in the trailer is pretty much everything that's going to happen. But yeah, I think it looks like it's going to be a really fun watch. I think Yeah, I feel like there's more gags to be shown. Yeah, we need a good old comedy as such, don't we? We need a, yeah, definitely. We need a decent comedy at the moment. So, when does this, when does this come out? When does November, it... it's due to come out. Cool. Not too far but away. Also also it feels like a really odd matchup as two lead roles. Robert De Niro and Zach Braff. Like, I love Zach Braff anyway because I'm a big fan of Scrubs. But seeing him in a lead role opposite Robert De Niro with a Morgan Freeman in it, it just feels strange, but yeah, in a yeah. good way. <laughs> it's an odd pair up. Yeah, I don't think maybe Zach Braff's going to be in it as much as what you think. I think it's just going to mainly be Tommy Lee Jones and Robert De Niro. But yeah. Yeah, exciting. Exciting. Yeah. I think I'm going to give it a watch. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Also, like. If this comes out digitally in the UK, maybe, then it's definitely going to be worth a watch. Yeah, There's so many films that have come out digitally over lockdown that I actually haven't seen. <laughs> I've just not had a chance. I'm going back and watching other films that I've missed out on in the what's, past. What's come out digitally during lockdown here? 
Uh, we had Palm Springs come out. That got great reviews. Um, there was a couple things that came out towards the beginning with The Invisible Man. I watched The Invisible Man. Uh, that's great. Uh, I can't remember. This is what I'm saying. Like, COVID has done something to my head, and I'm forgetful <laughs> of this lately. <laughs> Speaking of COVID and cinemas and all sorts of stuff, we went and saw our first film in the cinema. Oh, man, it was good to be back in the cinema. It definitely was. Definitely was. And I mean, I, I will say this now, straight off the bat, it's a fucking great film to go watch as your first time back in the cinema. We went to see the, the super screen in Sydney World. Whoo! This film blew my tits off. That was a spectacle, man. That was a loud AF film. <laughs> or a loud <laughs> AF screen that we were in. Cause it was very loud. <laughs> when that bass hit, when those gunshots hit in this film, Woo! oh my god. God. Like, you felt like... I felt like my fillings were about to fall out. I mean, my girlfriend <laughs> turned to me and she was like, is it really loud? And I was like, no, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly as loud as it should be. Yeah, it's... Uh, shit, yeah. It's a really good film. It's... Right, right up top. That's our review, guys. Thanks for listening to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, right up top. Let's talk... Um, We'll talk maybe like the first half of the film because, I mean, really, if you don't want to know, if you want to go and watch Tenet and you want to avoid spoilers, you probably shouldn't listen to this at all because, yeah, right right at the beginning, it kind of sets up, like you have no idea how this film's going to go until you watch it. The trailer of that is uh, that chaotic that... You you know, you, you kind of get the vibe that obviously it is something to do with time, but you don't really understand what from yeah. watching the trailer. So my advice would be is to not listen to this podcast at all until nope. you go watch Tenet. <laughs> Literally, like, just go in blind because uh, you can't go in any other way than blind. Like you said, the trailers don't really show off what's happening but also most films by like the halfway point you're sort of figuring out where where things are going where the story is going to progress to and everything like that and you can start to piece together what's going to happen and especially like chris nolan films like even with inception like obviously they set up the big like uh, dream within a dream heist thing and you you figure it out you see the architect in the whole thing so you know how the final act's going to play out you don't know like the specifics but you know like the overarching thing with this, every time I thought I was figuring out what's about to happen and where the film's going, Jesus Christ, it took a left turn. <laughs> like, like I literally did not know where this film was going until the credits rolled, and then I was like, oh. <laughs> so I, le- I leant over to you after the first five minutes, and I was like... I'm really lost. <laughs> it was like the, it was like 20 minutes in, wasn't it? And you would expect something to have been explained by that point. The first half hour to an hour of this is so confusing. And then, like, the more time warpy things get, it almost becomes easier to understand at that point. But there's so much going on at the beginning. It's so fast-paced, and there's so many things being established and everything. You're like, sorry, sorry, can rewind a bit. Tell me that again. <laughs> Slow down, yeah. layman's terms this time. It's, like, yeah. I've never seen five people sat in a row all looking so puzzled before. And at one point, we all just looked up and down the row at each other, just there, like, do you know what's fucking happening right now? <laughs> do you know? What? I remember out loud halfway through the film at one point, I was just like, 
yeah, sure, whatever you say. Yeah, and the, <laughs> the, the problem is, and I'm going to say problem very lightly because it's all very subjective and blah, 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 but the problem with this was is depending on how you are with, you know, staying engaged with something, mm-hmm. the, this film is almost a victim a little bit in the first half to its own complication like yeah. when you're watching it and then you kind of start to lose where you're up to and you you start to really not understand very much then you almost like switch off a little bit like i i actually spent a scene trying to think and think oh how does this relate to the f- that scene that happened earlier but because yeah. i'm too busy thinking about how that scene related back to the scene <laughs> that happened earlier I've missed something that's happened in front of me. And then I'm like, yeah. oh shit. Now I'm like, oh, right. Okay, now I really don't understand. And I've really got to listen and try and catch up with what's going on. And then the problem that you've got is you can't listen and catch up with what's going on because the sound mix is just so bizarre. Uh, yeah, so this has been a big point of contention since the film came out. There's been loads of think pieces wrote, uh, written about it. And it's something that people have noticed before in Chris Nolan films because he almost likes to sometimes sideline characters for like the plot and the visuals and like the, the narrative rather than characters and stuff like that. So he sometimes will let music and things that further the plot rather than dialogue sometimes he'll let that sh- overshadow the dialogue and stuff it's things like i said it when i went to see the dark knight rises i couldn't understand anything that bane said in the cinema until i got the like blu-ray copy of it and then you could hear it because it was mixed better but also so that's how it was mixed and i read this article and it says the way that films are mixed now they're mixed for a certain volume but then cinemas often play below that volume so things get lost, they, they get sort of swampy when they get a little bit quieter sometimes, or when they get too loud. So they made the film even louder, so that cinemas that play it quieter, it'll still be at the right volume. So it, it's like the filmmakers and the cinema chains are sort of fighting against each other of who gets the final mix. And then obviously, every cinema will have, like, in the projection room, they'll have a mix and desk for all the surround sound speakers and everything like that, depending on each room to make sure it's all balanced. So if somebody's changed the mix on that, then that's one person's particular mix of that room as well. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a whole mix of things, but, no, like, we definitely noticed it when we said, uh, sorry, like, the first half of the scene, like, uh, first half of the film, sometimes a lot of the exposition will get lost in sound and music. Yeah, defo. It's just like, don't get me wrong, the sound design in this film is phenomenal. 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 It's like all the reverse sounds and everything that happens. It's all wicked. But it's just, yeah, there's just so many points of this where I was just like so lost. But as you get towards the end of the film, it really pays off. Like, yeah. if and you can, I think, I think even when you're lost, though, you're not like it's not like you're not enjoying yourself. You're still engrossing. You're still enthralled by it. Just mm. because you don't understand what's going on a hundred percent doesn't mean that you're not enjoying yourself. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's it's definitely a bit of a challenge in watch, but it's definitely mm-hmm. a rewarding watch if you get to the end and you've really kind of gave it the 
the attention it deserves. And I, th- I think it's the same as most Chris Nolan films. It'll reward you more on rewatches as well. Yeah, it's one of them. As soon as it kind of came out, I was a bit like, I don't need to watch it again yet, but I definitely need to rewatch it again at some point. Yeah, you needed to sit and think on it and then watch it again. I would definitely recommend seeing this in the cinema. If you can, if it's safe to go where you live, definitely see this in the cinema because the big screen just was phenomenal for this. I think it's got the most IMAX footage that Chris Nolan's ever shot. Yeah. And that's saying something for Chris Nolan. And yes, the plane crashing into the building practical effect looks very good. So I thought there was going to be like quite a lot of CGI and stuff like that in this, even though I know Chris Nolan loves to do things in camera as much as he can. Apparently this has like one of the least amounts of CGI. Which is amazing. Any of his films. Exactly, like all the time bending stuff like that. Obviously there's green screens and stuff like that, but like actual special effects there's nowhere near as many as you would think like they did so much practically yeah there's got to be a lot of green screen cutting and stitching and vfx in terms of that layer masks for days yeah there's (laughs) got to be because it's like when you watch this it's like especially when you've got the bits that are happening in normal time and then you've got the stuff that's background things in happening in reverse it's yeah. like whoa like you're watching it and you're like but it looks so real at the same time i'd say most of the cgi is kind of just towards the end mm-hmm. in the final act i'd say that's really probably where the cgi is yeah but even that there's not a lot of cgi in there like as uh, in terms of like digitally created assets a lot of it is done practically but it's editing tricks more than anything yeah like, that's what I feel the, like the benefit is. of having like time going forwards and backwards instead of like like weird sort of space weapons or something like that is you can shoot something that's meant to be backwards forwards and then you just reverse the footage mm. so they were able to do so much practically and then it's how they use the footage afterwards like i was sat there and i was genuinely mesmerized by the editing of this film yeah like everything about this film like stands out to you and like even people with like a basic like understanding of filmmaking and stuff like that and basic understanding of cinematography will see this and like the minds will be blown by certain aspects of it oh yeah oh yeah and because you are you are like like i've never appreciated well i have but when i was actually there in the cinema i was thinking about the editing I'm not in a bad way. It wasn't taking me out of it. It was just, I was appreciating it so much. And the mm. pacing of this film is so good considering all the t- wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff. Like, how do you keep good pacing throughout that? But somehow they do. Yeah, considering a hell of a lot happens in this film. So much happens in this film. And like I said, like, you don't know what's happening with the film until it's over and it's all explained to you then. And you're like, Oh my god. <laughs> mm, yeah, defo. Um, shall we talk general spoilers now? Give final thoughts and Yeah, I think definitely like stop playing around and stuff like that. Just we'll we'll get onto spoilers now. Yeah. So final score. Uh, do you want to give it a score rating out of ten, maybe, like we normally do? Uh I w- oh, I'm gonna give it a reaction. Before spoilers. I'll give you I'll give you a couple of words to react to how ten it is. Okay. It's like oh, Hmm. Wait, what? Wait, no, okay, I'm really lost. Oh, right, now I can't... Oh, I, th- I thought... Uh, no. 
Ah, uh, uh, okay. This makes sense. But what did he say? Uh... And that's it. <laughs> Um, if you didn't know that was live audio captured from our cinema watching of this (laughs) that was not a recreation that was Sam in real time there was a lot of eye movements and and rubbing my forehead watching the film (laughs) there was I don't think there was a single point where I didn't see somebody rubbing the forehead (laughs) (laughs) that's the official I'm in the cinema where you look left and right and rub your forehead that is a moment of pure confusion it did happen yeah. quite a lot when we watched it, though, to be fair. I mean, so I'll, I'll give it a numerical value. For me, it's somewhere between 8 or 9 out of 10. Yeah. Like, just for what it's accomplished and the complexity of it and stuff. I feel... I've never almost felt as dumb in a cinema before. Like, yeah. Only, like, Chris I Nolan thought, films. Yeah. Like, I can understand, like, the deeper meaning behind stuff of it, but there was so much going on. I feel like there's things that I've missed in it. So I'll probably rate it, like nine yeah once i fully understand all these things and i couldn't agree with you more when you said that i've never felt more stupid in a cinema <laughs> like but it was I, I remember turning to you and like we were theorizing during the film just there like oh they set this up this is gonna maybe this will pay off later on and stuff like that but it doesn't it changes from there because things are changing in the film and you're like i thought i had it figured out but i don't <laughs> Yeah, but the problem was is that it makes you think that you figured it out. It makes you feel dumb at the beginning because it's moving at such a breakneck pace yes. and there's lots going on. I mean, let, like as we're moving into spoilers, you find out about the premise of Tenet within 10 minutes of watching this film. Yeah. And then everything else is following the back of that. But the main character understands things so fast and just make sense of it all. I'm like, am I missing something here? Or I, I, how does how does this guy understand it? And I'm watching him <laughs> watch it, and I, I haven't got a clue. But anyway, yeah. yeah, it's pretty good. I think upon rewatch, it's gonna make a lot more sense, and you probably will see a lot more. But yeah. anyway, yeah, spoilers for Tenet. <laughs> Heavy spoilers. Everything that we talk about is gonna be a spoiler. Yeah, so this is Nolan going full Nolan. Oh my god. Ah, oh. yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow, what a film. Yeah. I, I will say, like, I've, like obviously, like, it's a fantastic film, and the way that it plays out at the end is, like, fantastic, and it builds up to such a massive action set piece that I was not expecting. I was not expecting, like, fucking gang warfare and stuff like this, like, yeah. time travel, battlefield, war. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was not expecting that. Like, I, I feel like there would have been an interesting way of doing it. Like, if the final showdown of the film, the final act of the film, took place around the opera house and stuff like that, because then the whole film would have been a palindrome of itself. Yeah, but the whole thing with the final fight and everything like that, it was it was a palindrome because like that took place before. The, the film actually starts and stuff like that. Like, it's really strange. Yeah, this is where it's like, oh, that I thought I understood it until he had that conversation with Robert Patterson at the end. And when he had that conversation at the end where he was like, but this has already happened or you've already done this, but we'll meet again soon and blah, blah. And I was like, oh my Lord, I thought I understood do you know what, it. Do you know what made most things click for me was when... 
So after the whole like chase sequence and stuff like that, and you have Aaron Taylor Johnson's character comes in, and it's that that's Lieutenant Agency coming in. Yeah, and like they got all like the the military people and stuff like that, and they say what happens has happened, and then it sort of started to click with me. I was like. Right, yeah, because everything was set up in the past, but it's only just playing out now in the future. No, oh, jeez. <laughs> but but it's it's their future, but it's it's the past. <laughs> so what's what happens has happened, and that was what stuck in my brain, and that's what made things click for me. No, 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 the, <laughs> no, 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 no. So so to try and explain this film breaking down, so we've got the protagonist. He doesn't have a name, so. Uh, it's John David Washington, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, his his character is moving forward through the timeline. He discovers about tenant agency. Um, he thinks it's nuclear weapons, but it's not. It's this inversion tech, um, which could potentially re like basically end the world by reversing the entire world to the point where it didn't exist anymore. Yeah. So he's moving in forwards in time to try and discover who's dealing these weapons, who's dealing with this technology that's going to end the world. He gets to a certain point where he ends up accidentally handing over the the big old weapon to the villain, uh, Kenneth Branagh, who who was great in this. I've, somebody said to me he seemed very one-note as a villain, but for me, like, because it gets explained, he's basically got a god complex at this, time, uh, at this point. He has the entire world's fate in his hands, and he's yeah. choosing when he wants to go back into his own life to kill himself and kill the world because he's got inoperable cancer so he's dying anyway so at this point he's like i am above everybody else i exist on my own plane of existence so of course he's going to be kind of one note like kind of like two-dimensional because he is just he thinks he has sorted everything like he is the completed version of himself he controls everything in the world yeah so once you're at that point once you're at the ceiling there's no three-dimensional like there's no moving around that point once you're at the point of no return you can't return can you no he was definitely at a point where you know his his thing was i'm i can't enjoy the world or i can't do this and nobody can and that's yeah exactly so yeah so we get we get to the whole encounter where he ends up um the protagonist ends up handing over the weapon and then this the tenant agency comes in and they're like right this is all like We've been setting this all up all along. It's a time pincer maneuver. We've got people moving forwards and backwards in time. And you're like, sorry, excuse me, what? <laughs> so at this point, because I said to you earlier, I think Robert Patterson is going in reverse throughout this film, which you find out later on. He is, but he isn't. He's not in reverse, but he's, his timeline is going the opposite direction from the protagonist timeline. Yeah. Yeah. So, so everybody then goes backwards in time so they're working the way back through the film encountering themselves along the way to then move forwards in time to hit a certain place like they need to be in certain positions because there's only like a certain amount of devices that can send you back and forwards in time so they have to get somewhere to then go forwards to then go back even further oh, my head hurts. <laughs> are you still following up no i'm lost so, but the point so, that i was lost where where I was really lost because I thought about it too much was the bit in the Freeport where they fight the people who are masked who ends up being them. Yes. But when you think about that, yeah, when they go back, it makes sense because that's who they were. 
Yeah, but they were the people who went back. So if they were already there and that had already happened before they had chose to go back in time, then how? It's because... So this is basically saying that time is not linear. Time is cyclical. Uh, cyclical? That's the word, not cyclical. <laughs> cyclical. So what has happened, what happens has happened. So they're moving forwards, but everything's existing at the same time. It, like they were saying, it's the grandfather of the paradox. You can't go back and like change everything. It's like it's all part of the same timeline. So this whole film is a loop. The whole thing is like it. It's playing out as it's already played out because you can't. It as soon as you change something, it all exists in the timeline at the same point. <laughs> so if you have a start and an end. The, thing... the start is the end. No, <laughs> it's a it's a loop. It's a loop. <laughs> just no. <laughs> just just no. Let's let's it's... to simplify it for me. If you have a start <laughs> and an end, right? Yeah. And you put something in the middle, that thing, if you go backwards or forwards, is always going to be in the middle, and you'll never change that. Yeah. But things will happen from the end going back to the start even before the start has got to the end yes but how do you how do you get to the end and to begin with to get back to the start so that i don't know oh. <laughs> i feel like you just made something up then and confuse no. yourself well so so it's like because obviously so events have to play out in a certain order so the, the, what they're saying is the future is also impacting the past. It's not just the past impacting the future. Yeah. So things are getting sent back in time throughout the timeline. So it it's like in um, Back to the Future Part 2. So in Back to the Future Part 1, we're watching things play out linearly. So it, we're seeing like the timeline being changed for the first time. Whereas in Back to the Future Part 2, we're seeing that from a step back. We're seeing that from the third person. So we're seeing the timeline has already been altered. So you're seeing it while it's being altered. So in this, the like if they weren't attacked by those people in the airport, then they wouldn't have got to the point where they were going back to be the people to fight them in the airport. They, yeah, but- they had to fight themselves in the past to be able to fight themselves in the future. That's why the whole thing is... If we can see ourselves in the other timeline, then we know everything's gone right. And if we don't see ourselves in the in the other timeline, then something's gone wrong and we fuck something up, which is like a raise in history, which is what they were saying would destroy the world. It would just <laughs> it would just kind of implode on itself. Yeah, that's literally what it is. Like time would fold in on itself and everything would be undone to the point where it can't be redone. Jeez. I I swear like this is the only way that it makes sense inside of my head. <laughs> I feel like we need a, a sit down from Christopher Nolan to just talk through this film a little bit. We we need a chalkboard with a diagram of timelines on. But even I don't but, think he fully understands what happened in this film. <laughs> I feel like because he feels like he understands. You've got but he's end. written it so complex that nobody can understand. You have got to be a maniac to write this film. Like, how? How do you start when you... Well, you don't. You start with the end and then move back. It's like you have to have someone writing the end to the start and the start to the end at the same time. 
But kind of. <laughs> well, that's the thing with a narrative. You can move around and add things in at any point, can't you? Until it's made, you can keep changing stuff. Yeah. I think the bit that really nailed it down for me is when they had the... At first, I I didn't understand the inversion stuff at all. At all. It went straight mm-hmm. over my head. Now, when we... It's, and also, that whole beginning part really went straight over my head as well. Because... I, I, one you couldn't hear anything and i was just like so confused as to who was who and what was going on but yeah. the bit where he um hmm. see this is how hard it is to try and figure out because i'm trying to explain <laughs> i spent that much time trying to figure out the inversion stuff i didn't get people's um characters in my head uh, kenneth branner's character when he um starts shooting his wife in front of the glass yeah, in front of John David Washington's character, mm-hmm. um, and but then John David Washington goes through that um, inversion machine. Yeah, at that point, I kind of then understood. Yeah, and I was like, okay, this makes a lot more sense. But well, that that is when he, for the first time, steps into the other timeline, isn't it? Yeah, and th- so at that point. It becomes clear to the audience. We are figuring things out as he's figuring things out. Mm. But then there's parts where it's like you you just about understand. But then you're like, right, okay, well this this task force is going back in time and then we're going forwards in time and it's like, well, hang on. How how are they going backwards in time when it's not happened yet in the first timeline? Like, how have they gone forward to then go backwards? Because it it basically, the only way to sort of describe it is it overwrites it, it lays itself on top of itself, so it has always happened. No, but, no. What's going to happen has already happened, and it, it has to have happened for it to happen again. This is fantastic podcast content, Chris, but I need to try and understand this. So the bit, right, let, let, let's skip forward, right? So you've got the bit where they have the two, Robert Patterson's task force is going backwards and... John, so the final act, like the big, big whole thing. Yeah, yeah. So this bit, which is fantastic, by the way, because yeah. the bits where he goes, instead of going backwards, he then goes forwards again. Mm-hmm. But, right, okay, so how does... Surely the time has has to have happened for you to go backwards, right? Because when Washington goes through that machine, he everything plays in reverse. Like, it starts to almost hit rewind on the tape, if you get me. It goes backwards, you know what I mean? Yeah. So how do you get Robert Patterson's character to go from point A to point C to then go back through point C to B to A. You're fucking confusing me here now. No, okay. <laughs> okay, right. So, right. So, so you talk about the, the final act. We've got two different teams doing different missions, but at the same time. No, going right. In, okay. Going in separate. Let me... One let task me. force is going forwards in time. One's going backwards in time. Right, yeah. So but it's happening at the same time. Yes, I understand that. I understand all yes. this. So, right, we've got point A, point B, and point C, right? What are these points, though? What are the points? So, A is the past, C 
B is somewhere in the middle, and C is the future. Yeah, but what are, what are the events that right. are, we're listing as? So we'll say A is A is Washington's start of his mission. So when yeah. the mission starts, C, we're talking about just that, uh, like that final act. Yeah, just the final act. Okay. Yeah. C is where Robert Patterson's mission starts, where it goes backwards. Yeah. And B is just somewhere in the middle of all that happening, right? Yeah. So at, at a point, Robert Patterson and Washington are both in the same timeline together, right? They've they're doing things at the same time and then all of a sudden Robert Patterson's leading the force that's going backwards in time, right? Yeah. But if we take the rule where Washington's character goes backwards in the first inversion machine he goes into, and it rewinds from the point where he went into the inversion machine, because that's where it starts to rewind from, because things like the cars and stuff and the crash happens backwards. Yeah. So how does Robert Patterson go from point A where he's with John David Washington at right let's say just before the mission how does he jump to point C without going through to point B so they're in the shipping containers and stuff aren't they so they're creating little bubbles where they're able to exist going backwards in time while people are going forwards in time so they're creating little pockets so they will have that's why like they couldn't see the other teams in the crates and stuff until things were already over so his mission starts with just after Robert Patterson's mission has ended. So they get the information from them. So when they went through that inversion machine for the first time, they all started moving backwards throughout the film to before the film actually took place. So then they leave the machine. Uh, John David Washington's characters, like they then leave like reverse the inversion so they're going forwards in time again now whereas robert patterson's lot um were still going backwards so they sent them further back in time than robert patterson's character so then they were at the start of the mission they were at the end so then they could go the opposite ways i feel like it's all nonsense i feel like we're just talking nonsense we definitely need to like draw this out in front of each other because just saying it doesn't make sense. Like I'm pointing at my desk and I'm like making lines on my desk and everything, and I'm able to. So they're both moving backwards in time, but John David Washington, uh, John David Washington, the protagonist. Let's call him the protagonist. It's easier. <laughs> um, he moves further back in time, so they're at two different points in the timeline. Then they've left each other. They're ten minutes apart. Say. Like because that's where Tenet comes from. It's ten and ten meeting together. They were on a ten minute mission, one going forward and one going backwards. Um so they are like say ten minutes apart and so they get ten minutes back into the past and then they go forwards in the timeline. So that's where they meet over. Do you get it? This conversation's a mess. 
I feel like we're not even talking about the film anymore. We're just trying to understand it ourselves. I need <laughs> this to... is not like a comprehensive review anymore. This is just us blabbling. Yeah, like I need, two I need to mental re-watch. patients in a fucking. <laughs> I feel is... like still in Skarsgård. You know, um, you know when he's in the MCU and he's in the Nut House. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's someone who totally understands this film listening to this and just absolutely just hating on us right now. <laughs> anyway, do you want to talk about interesting things that happened in the film, other than just trying to figure out the timeline? Um, the timeline was interesting. <laughs> right. Do you want to talk about that fight where the protagonist is fighting himself? So yeah. we see it play out the first time, and it's really interesting. Like you can tell the other guys like moving almost in reverse type thing to him. Like he's crawling along the floor, but it's like he's pulling himself, but he's pushing himself. It's really fucking wild. And so you think at the beginning, like he's dodging those gunshots. But then when you see it play out again later on in the film, knowing that he's the one fighting him. So he knows how he fought. That's how he's able to block things all the time. But then also, like, when they're fighting over the gun, because the past version of him thought he was trying to pull the gun towards him, so he was pushing himself away from him, but moving himself more in the way of the gun, whereas him moving backwards in time was moving the gun away from him. Like, that blew my mind. I was like, you could see him pulling the gun away, so he wasn't dodging bullets. Like, the bullets were never going to hit him in the first place. Yeah, yeah. How mad's that? That's pretty mad. <laughs> also, how did they, how did they film that fight scene to make someone look like they're going in reverse? When also you play the footage backwards and it makes sense still. Like that must have been so much choreography. Yeah, I know, but it's yeah because it's a very very hard thing to try and interlace with each other, like from a visual effects standpoint. Yeah. Yeah, I I try not to think too hard about it. <laughs> but also, so you see Robert Patterson's character like shrug off the other guy and like toss him down the corridor and he sees something and you see like active confusion on his face and like being like, what the fuck? But then he understands it and he just sort of walks away and like, it's almost like their fight's over, but it's like all he did was throw him to the ground and then you find out later on that it's, the protagonist under the helmet. So he he saw there was the protagonist and he was like, oh shit, I can't do like kill this guy or stop him from doing what he's doing because he's clearly on a mission to that he needs to fulfill. And because he's been friends with him for years beforehand, which we find out, like he recruited him years ago. So he knows that they're getting, he's getting himself back into the time loop now and seeing a different version of him. So he's like, oh shit, I've got to let him finish the mission otherwise I can't finish my mission. Mental. Yeah, yeah, that bit, that bit hit me. That bit was like, oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like when the, I kept thinking back, there's a reason why he like let him run away. Yeah, and it's like when you had that moment of realization where the bit where it plays back where they go to the airport was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was really good. Like. And it's things like that where like something's set up and it's paid off. But then there was other things where I feel like they weren't set up and paid off in the right way. So when they first meet in, um, where is it that they meet? Mumbai. He he asks him whether he's okay with kidnapping a child and the protagonist says no. But then he says he's okay kidnapping a woman. So this is with the previous, uh, this is the information that Robert Patterson already knows what's going to happen in the future because the protagonist has told him that in the past because he hired him. Yeah. So he's asking that version to like try and make things seem legit on the on the first pass route. But so I thought when they're going back in time to the boat in 
Vietnam, I thought they were going to have to kidnap the wife and child and stuff like that, and that's what that question was setting up. Mm. It's like he knew all along because that event had already happened in the timeline before that conversation happened, but yeah. it was in the future for the protagonist. So I thought, I thought they were setting up all these little things that were going to pay off later. Yeah, but like, they, they weren't. It was just... Yeah. yeah. I don't know whether they were it talking fe- it about... It felt like it got twisted. Yeah. I think like the kidnapping the woman bit was more like that he did kind of, in a way, kidnap his wife, but she was willing, I guess. But the bit that kind of with me that I felt I didn't get a payoff for was the explanation as to why there was an inversion... Per- an inverted person at the opera house at the beginning. So that, I've found out since, because people have rewatched it and put it online. So, you know, we find out at the end of the th- film that um, Neil, Robert uh, Robert Patterson's character, has like a little Chinese talisman-type coin thing on a red string. Yeah. And that's how we know that he was the one that... Sac- so he's the only character that gets full closure in this film because we know how his timeline ends. He gets shot in the head to save them so yeah. they can fulfill the thing because he said he was about to go do the mission again, didn't he? Yeah. So he was about to ride out that uh, playthrough again. So we like that's like the heartbreaking moment is we know how his storyline is going to end before he does. And like that's the end of their friendship because he says like for him the friendship's ending but for... Uh, the protagonist is only just starting but the, the protagonist knows how it ends as well so when the protagonist sets up this whole tenant like movement and uh, organisation he does that with the knowledge that he's going to end up killing like one of his best mates in the future like he has to die for everything to go through and that's kind of like the the final emotional beat of the film yeah I... but, so uh, to answer your question apparently the guy that saves him at the opera house at the beginning is Neil because he has the red string with the talisman on him. Yeah, and that's the bit that kind of ties it all together. That's, yeah. yeah. That's oh. how you know that Tenet were working in the opera house under the protagonist's like, gaze, and that's why he saves him. And that's why they're able to fulfill that mission because Neil's there to ensure that the protagonist survives that engagement. Yeah. Um, my IQ is not qualified enough for this film. <laughs> uh, like, it makes me feel smarter, but at the same time, so dumb. Yeah. Like, uh, my head is a palindrome right now. <laughs> yeah. It's, in- it's, uh, yeah, it's, a. Uh... Also, so, what I found interesting, uh, I'm gonna get up what Kenneth Branagh's character is called. Um, because I forgot what it's called. Um, Sator. So, Sator's name comes from a Latin poem, which is a five-line poem where it's all one word and each word is a palindrome. And the middle word of that... So, the first word, I think, is the name of the artist that they're talking about that makes the forgery. Um, One of them is the name of the opera house. And the middle word of this, like, Latin sentence or poem is tenet, which is where the word came from. So, the whole thing all the names of this palindrome sentence like is like fulfilling like what happens in the film which was like mental for me to find out oh that's interesting uh, i didn't so I, th- quite... I think it's like sator's like like 
Sator's statement or Sator's poem or something, and that's where the name Tenant came from, and that's where the other name... The bit I really kind of got lost in with this film, I mean, I was lost a lot of the film, but the bit I really got lost at was the bit around the painting, that it was a... that this painting was a fake, but then how? Why did he need to? That bit I got really lost at. I so don't know whether you were following at that point. So she was trading a painting. She was friends with a a forger, and she was trade like the forgery was so good that she didn't know it was a forgery at that point. So she went to sell it, and her bus- husband bought it for what was it like, like five hundred million or something? They said like that. So if it came out that she was inside a trade in a forgery, she would have gone to prison and everything like that. So she felt like she owed him because he kept saying, it's like, if you step out of line, if you don't get, do what I want, I'll reveal this to the world. Your career's over. You're going to go to prison and all this sort of stuff. Oh, so I she understand. felt indebted to him. And she also, she had his child um, and he was limiting how much she, she could see his child and everything like that. So yeah, yeah. he had dominion over her at that point. A lot of the so that's um, what the whole painting thing. It, it was hard to follow. Like I didn't understand it until, I, like you said, I think I wasn't listening to another scene because I was figuring that bit out. Yeah, the, this film also has a lot of um, right at the beginning. You know, when it comes up with the rating, the bit where yeah. it talks about domestic violence, and then when that hits later on, it's like my my girlfriend pointed out that it's not often you see that in a film rating. So for them yeah. to actually point it out and then. Obviously, you see think, why. It's pretty. Uh, I think that's a very new thing. Is like because I didn't notice it said that. It's interesting that you said that. I didn't notice that. Mm. Um, yes, yeah, so that must be a really new thing because I've I've seen films with domestic violence depicted in it before, but it just says um, strong violence. It's never said like domestic violence before. Yeah, that's uh... that's. It's probably a new thing that's happened probably since the Me Too movement and stuff like that. And, yeah, like obviously people are aware of like the treatment of women a lot more and stuff so it's probably they know it's something triggering for a lot of people so they they have to warn about it now it's a good thing it's a good thing it's, it's the same thing like like films since like the 80s or 90s have have had in the in the description that whether it was like sexual violence and something like that like they've had to disclose that so now they're talking about like triggering other violence and stuff i'm surprised it didn't also mention like acts of terror at the beginning of the film like it's during a terrorist attack and stuff like that like that's a very hard-hitting thing as well yeah yeah defo um i'm kind of i'm kind of i've not really got much else to talk about with tenet <laughs> it's apart from it's, it's just good go see it yeah just, just go watch it you've got, man. you've got to definitely make it for yourself you know what i mean you have to decide yourself whether this is something that yeah. you're into or not you have to experience it i'd say definitely it's an experience and yeah there's no saying you will like totally get it but at least for the cinematic experience it's well worth it yeah definitely like the experience is worth it alone whether you come out liking the plot or liking the story or you can understand it or anything like that that's like pick and choose whoever you are like that's mm-hmm. up to you but there's you can't deny the spectacle of this film oh absolutely not absolutely like not. we were saying about the third act like talking about the editing and like the like so there's a scene where you've got people moving in one timeline in front of the camera and the background is a different timeline so they're all moving backwards and stuff like that 
So they would have had to film the foreground, recording the camera movement with a green screen to then do that camera movement again, filming the background with the exact same camera movement, but in reverse, otherwise the shots wouldn't have lined up and then layer mask it all together. Like the technical achievements of this film are mind blowing. Yeah. In a nutshell, it's uh, it's crazy. (laughs) It's Christopher Nolan doing what he does best. Like every film he puts out pushes cinema in some sort of way. Yeah. Defo. Defo. Um, I'm cool to leave it there. To be fair, I'm I'm sound to leave it there as well. All right, wow, awesome. Wow. I feel like my brain hurts more now. Yeah, I, I've I felt like I got there with the film, and now I feel like I've I've lost I've lost it. <laughs> but yeah. anyway, um, yeah, go check out Tenet at the cinemas. Get in. Um, our cinema was really COVID safe. It felt really really good, and they're not massively busy. Yeah. So if you're lucky enough, you might get a cinema to yourself. Uh, other than that, make sure you check us out, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at GetRealPod. Uh, we will get better with episodes. We know we've been a bit bit rubbish over the last few weeks, but just life has been happening. Um, yep, hit us up on socials. Let us know what you think of Tenet. And you can also get in touch with us at GetRealPodUK at gmail.com if you want to be old school and email us. Chris, how can people support the podcast? The best way to support the podcast, leave a rate and review on the podcast. Wherever you listen to it, uh, just leave a rate and review, follow the podcast, and also share us with as many people as you can. If it, Even if it's just an Instagram story or you tell one friend about us, anything like that, that is the best way to help this podcast grow. And the more it grows, the more we can deliver to you guys so you get more awesome content. Uh, Sam, what is the platform that you said it sends out the reviews to every platform? Pod Chaser. Podchaser, that's the one. So if you can go to Podchaser and leave us a rate and review on there, then it gets syncopated to all all of the outgoings. So, wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Just support us when you can, guys. Let us know what you think of Tenet. Like, can, can you understand it? And if you can, can you draw us a diagram and send us that on Twitter? Oh, yes, please. I need to put it on my <laughs> ceiling and stare at it at night and try and understand this film. <laughs> I feel like I needed to study for this film. Yeah. <laughs> You've definitely got to have some kind of idea of physics. 100%. I don't even think you do. Like, they explained the physics of it in two seconds. It was like, yeah, cool. That was the easy part is understanding how it physically does it. (laughs) Anyway. For sure. Right. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. And welcome to Get Real, the podcast where we get real about all of our favourite pop culture films and TV shows. This podcast is a palindrome. We have ended it how we begun it. (laughs) Goodbye. See ya. (laughs) 